Time now to join Alita Robinson and Pastor Samuel of A Reasonable Christianity. Yes, and it is definitely the time <laughs> to join us from Ark Church uh, for Q&A with Samuel Chisichetti. We are live in the studio. It's great to be here. We are. And uh, it's good to see your smiling face this morning, Samuel. It is good, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it is good. You know, sometimes we've uh, we've had uh, some of our programs without me being in the studio. No, that's our, exactly right. And our audiences have not uh, probably known that was the case. But we uh, are in the studio today the and studio. we are live on Facebook. We are. So if you <laughs> want to see uh, Samuel's smiling face and the passion that he uh, exudes in the studio <laughs> while we're making these discussions, please uh, go to his, uh, his Facebook page and, uh, and you can be part of the chat as well. We are, just so that our listeners are, um, are understanding, we are following uh, a series that we've been doing on the Ten Commandments. That's and right. today we are looking at Commandment 5, which is to honour your father and mother. Yes. But, but we have been, uh, we've spent a little bit of time in the Sabbath, haven't we? We've, we've we spent did. a few weeks in the Sabbath. We did. We and did. we discovered some very exciting things. So, um, but that's all, we've, we've finished We've with wrapped that. that one up. We've wrapped it up. That's and, right, uh, that's right. And if people want to uh, go back and review that, eventually it will go on the podcast for Life FM. That's right. But that's otherwise right. you can go to Samuel's Facebook and those videos are still up there, aren't they? No, I think you remember I was in London when we were doing those. Oh. So I didn't do lives. Many of, on our live feed didn't see me live because I was in London. You were in London, yes. And uh, <laughs> All right, so we, you can't see those, so you'll have to wait till those podcasts. Podcast yeah, the podcast the should be up. That's so, right. That's yep. right. Um, yeah, so you, you're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you are uh, right. We have been going through uh, the Ten Commandments. And um, just, just to, to, to refresh, because we, we had uh, Commandment number five. That's where we read now, yep. uh, which is your Exodus chapter 20 from verse 12. So, but just just to, to jog your memory, we, you know, for how far we've come, because this is quite an important point where we're at. Uh, the point we're at is basically halfway the middle of a commandment. And so uh, it is important to pause and try to remember how far we've come. And I'll, as I was going through this commandment, each of the commandments within the Jewish tradition is given a a very important characteristic. Like, there's a certain way that commandment is described, if you will. Yeah? Mm. Now, remember the first commandment, well, not according to the Christian tradition, but the Jewish tradition is, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of slavery, out of the house of slaves. Mm. And we say that it is known as the mother of all commandments. So commandment number one is the mother of all commandments. Remember that one? Yeah. And so, uh, commandment number two, this shall not be to you uh, the God of others. So, this is the commandment that honors God. So, the commandment that, that separates the, the nation of Israel from any of the other nations. Uh, because they would give their commitment to the only true God, the maker and the creator of all things, and not adopt the God of others as they God. So, yeah. and then commandment number three was the fearful commandment: shall not take the lo- the name of the Lord your God in in vain. In vain, mm. and that is the fearful commandment. And I did say that um, you know I don't know if I actually opened that, that up. The uh, 
uh, equivalent of that commandment in the New Testament is, you know, sin against the Holy Spirit. Um, it's the unpardonable sin. Yeah. Uh, because the commandment, uh, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain, says that God will not let go unpunished anybody who, you know, uh, takes the name of the Lord uh, in vain. In other words, don't bring disrepute to the name of the Lord your God. Yes, it wasn't just about, well, it wasn't really about blaspheming. It was about we being ambassadors of Christ, carrying him and then misrepresenting him, misusing his name. Yeah, no, no, it was actually about blaspheming as, well, as much as... Everything else, yeah. Yeah, because blaspheming is actually serious. Now, blaspheming, I didn't mean using expletive, uh, even though the Jews never pronounced the name of God, as per se, they say, Hashem or Hadonai. Uh, but, uh, you know, blaspheming would be to bring, to put a bad name on the name of the Lord. Yeah. And so anybody who did evil in the name of God, anybody who took the name of God and used it in a way that is not befitting to the holy name of God, uh, that person therefore has brought basically a wrong, a bad reputation on the name of God and the punishment will be terrible. Now, why is the equivalent in the New Testament uh, important to pay attention to? It is because Jesus was casting out devils by the power of the Spirit of God. Remember, the Spirit yep. of God is upon me. You know, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit. He went about doing good and casting out devils and raising the dead. So when the Pharisees saw Jesus casting out devils, they knew he was from God. Nicodemus said that. Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea knew it. These people knew Jesus came from God when they challenged him. He told them, by whose authority is John doing what he's doing? They're like, oh, well, we know, but we can't tell you. They knew, and yet they had the courage, knowing it was God at work. They said that he was casting out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. In other words, by the devil. Mm. Jesus even said to them, uh, if, if devil cast out devil by the devil, you know, the house divided. Yeah. In other words, this is where it is serious. They called God devil. It's yeah. actually saying it in, 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 in the mouth right now. It's, it's, it's awful. It's awful to even, even utter it. Mm. How can you call the most holy God, the, the, make, the all good God, and compare him to the filthy, you know, just bizarre created, you know, author of all evil. You know, they did that deliberately. Mm. Deliberately, just because they didn't want to believe in Jesus. Yeah. So to try to convince people, hey, don't follow this guy. You remember Jesus said this interaction between him and the the blind man who was born from from uh, uh, you know he was born blind. Jesus heals him. The Pharisee goes and they not, they don't believe. They ask the parents, is that your child? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We just our child. We know him. And so we <laughs> <laughs> <You> know him. <laughs> so uh, they go and say the blind. Were you actually blind? He said, yeah, yeah, I was blind. Look, all I know I was blind, and this guy touched me, and I, I can see. Uh, so, look, you people, you know, you need to go and follow him. They said, no, you don't have to tell us anything. You're a sinner. You're born in sin. So is he. So they had deliberately, after every piece of evidence, refused to believe. And then they went further to call the work of God the devil's work. Yeah. That is absolutely. Oh, like, uh, let me give you this way. If, for example, I came and called you th a thief, 
Well, you'll be happy with that, yeah? Mm. Yeah, right, I yeah. am a thief. Ha, 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 that's me. Mm. You know, I associated with people who are absolutely disgust. People who are considered to be people that shouldn't even be associated with because of how much evil they do. When you've always been a good person, you will be not happy with that. No, that's right. Especially if I did that thing to besmudge your name, to... To, to, to bring disrepute to it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So the sin against the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is exactly the equivalent of the first commandment. Okay. Well, let's say uh, I've, I've explained extra stuff there because I, I wasn't sure people get that. So that's commandment number three. Yeah. Commandment number four is the rest, the welfare commandment. Yeah. Rest Sabbath. Rest for you, for your servant, for your animals. Also, it's the death cancellation. It is how to manage economic relations in a society. So you see how far we've come. But I want to pause here where we came to commandment number five to say that when you look at this commandment, God has been setting up a big picture. See, we live in such an individualistic society that we think of this commandment as me, me and the commandment. Yeah. We don't realize that the commandment sets a society. Yes. It is a way to have a godly society. Yes. It is a way to build a society that is coherent, that is well functioning, that is healthy, a society worthy living in. Yeah, that's what I woke up with this morning. That was God, what God was ri- running around in my brain. That's this right. is my blueprint that's for right. a healthy society. You've got your point Absolutely, right on it, your yeah. finger on it. So God is building a, a society that does not recognize its maker will always try to run to some source of authority. What? Government? What? Mm. You know, the lectures and professor at university, who exactly is going to be the authoritative voice? Look at us. We are a society that start to walk away from God. We confuse theirs. Yes. We don't know our left from our right. Yeah. And so knowing I am the Lord your God, and then going, no, don't take the God of all. It doesn't matter what others do. Because the end of what they do that is not in line with God is judgment will come. Yes. God will step in after his period of grace, like it was with the Canaanite, like it was with the Babylonian, like it was with all the Persian and every, any other society. Don't take their God because what they have as consequence, you will have. Yes. And so you look at that. Don't just be respect to the, to the Lord your God. Respect my welfare system. Yeah. See, we have a society that seems to have some welfare, but not really. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, that's how it is. Mm. My wife and I were discussing this morning the fact that poor people always buy you know, things that look cheap. Yeah. But what is cheap is never durable. No. And so the rich people buy things that are a little bit expensive, but durable. So by the time the rich person has had their thing for, let's say, 20 years, the poor people person has bought that same item four times. Mm. So who spent more? Yeah. So the poor get ripped off. We've got an entire banking system built on usury, interest, mm. very high. Int- Look at how we, we've actually legalized it, and we think that's how the way we should operate. We build a society that doesn't do debt, forgiveness, and cancellation. We've got sort of, you know, uh, bankruptcy, but bankruptcy brings shame on people. People don't want to go bankrupt. Yes. Bankruptcy basically cuts you out of the economy altogether. We've got a credit score system. And uh, we've built a society that is way out God's norms. And yet we're still pointing a finger at God and saying, well, why isn't God? Why isn't God? Do we do what he says? Mm. So all the four commandments are vertical. Okay? Society starts with God. Everything starts with God. It is, God is the 
the, he is the center of the story. Yes, absolutely. The, the story is about God, not about me. No, that's right. Okay? Yep. So the first four commandments are vertical commandments. They honor God. Yep. You honor God, you build a good society. Yep. Now, the commandment number five is the connector of the vertical command and the horizontal command. Mm. Think about all the commands like, you shall not take your neighbor's wife, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. All those commandments are to deal with how you live with other people. Yeah. The first four commandments is how you deal, how you honor God. Yes. And commandment number five sits like the central brick, central brick, the, the cornerstone, if you will, because it has the vertical, where do children come from? We're going to talk about that. Uh, the vertical and the horizontal. The understanding of this commandment will build a solid, stable society. Well, I'm very excited about uh, stepping into that particular space. And so when we come back, we will discuss that a bit further. Here's John Newsom with Home. And take a breath I can feel it Really feel it Sits fire to the words Deep in my chest They are screaming Oh, they're dreaming I feel restless I feel flightless I feel something else is calling me I feel hopeful I've a miracle I feel now
Oh, well, that one that one got me going this morning. <laughs> That's, that was really nice. Uh, you're listening to 105.1 Life FM, Benny Goes Positive Choice, and we are on commandment number five. That's it. I'm waiting for the launch pad. Commandment number, number five. five. Let's, out of uh, honour and respect for God's word, just open Exodus chapter 12, and let's read that particular text. It says, um, Honour your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Okay? Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Very interesting um, uh, commandment there. I was saying that this is the cornerstone of all commandment. And this stone, this, this, uh, this, especially uh, when it comes to vertical and horizontal relations. Remember I was saying that the commandment that comes straight after this, you shall not murder, and then you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, yep. you shall not give false test witness, you shall not covet, you know, which is the last commandment, you shall not covet. So you've got about six commandments uh, from, from this commandment here. You've got six commandments going downward that are to do with how a society interacts with each other. Yes. Okay, mm. so the first uh, four commandments set up how God would like to see the society work before the society gets here. Mm. Then the fifth commandment basically introduces the society itself. Okay, introduces society itself. So this commandment is the only commandment with a promise. Yes. This is the only commandment that has a promise attached to it. Mm. And so what is the promise? The promise is so that you may live long. That's how most people live it. That's how most people read it. People look for longevity of life. So you may live long. Mm. But well, no, it's not so you may live long. Because you would chop a very interesting piece of the information. It doesn't matter whether you live long. But if you don't live long in the land that the Lord has given you, your existence will be miserable. It doesn't matter the longevity. Because the land the Lord gives you is the land He protects, He provides. He He, he does He does all it is necessary because He is the source of all life. So it is not just so you live long, but so you live long in the land the Lord gives you. Yeah. Alright? Mm -hmm. It is one thing to live long, but in a Satanic devils. Oh, I understand what you mean. Yeah, okay. I was wondering where you were going. That's yes. right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, you, it doesn't matter the longevity. Like, think about it. If you live long and eternally, but you're in hell eternally, think about that, right? So, I wanted to just simply, this is a caveat. This is as a, so you may live long. The promise is, live long in the land that the Lord is giving you. You can only live long in a space God is set if you honor your father. And your mother. Mm. Now, this commandment here I'm about to open up is really got all sorts of counterculture uh, uh, stuff to it. Why? Because, you know, our culture is already messed up a number of concepts from a big picture point of view. Mm. You know, this is a worldview of difference here. Number one, the Bible, the commandment doesn't say children love your parents. Yeah. Nowhere. Mm. There is no place where it is 
commanded children to love their parents. Okay. And yet, parents in our day and age have sought to have their children love them. You know why that is? Because our culture has come to define love as, from the Greek perspective, eros. You know? Do something like this and something to, for me that makes me feel good. That's what love is defined. Do something for me or say something about me. You know, hear something I say and nod in a way that it makes me feel good. So it is all centered on how good I feel, me feel. Mm -hmm. So if you did something that was good for me, but that I didn't feel good about it, uh, and that would make me upset, then you don't love me, remember? Don't yeah. disagree with me, otherwise you hate me. Yeah. Don't tell me that my lifestyle that I have might have some negative consequence physically and even spiritually. No, you are a hater. Yeah. That's our society right now. Yeah. And we have, even, even the, the Christians, even the, the preachers have brought this on ourselves. The church of God has brought this. The Bible doesn't say love your parents. Mm. That's considering that the Bible says love your enemies. It says, you know, you know, love those who persecute you. The Bible doesn't say love, love your neighbor. The Bible, says, the Bible doesn't say love your parents. That is not a commandment given to you. The Bible says honor your parents. And that's a huge, it's a world of difference. Now, when you look at the word honor in Hebrew, where it says honor your parents, it's the word kabad. Kabad. Kabad is the word, like coming from the word kabod. Now, if you have been with me here for a while, you've heard me use those terminology like the word kabod, kabod, mm -hmm. or kabod. Some say kabod, but it's kabod. Uh, kabod is the weight, the glory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some, uh, your, your, uh, the text that people re remember that particular word uh, very well is that w when, uh, you know, uh, it's Eli, uh, you know, his children went to war and then the Ark of the Covenant was taken and then Eli's firstborn uh, gave birth, uh, no, his, his, his wife gave birth and th they called the child Ichabod. In other words, the glory has departed. Mm. Okay, Ichabod, yeah. right, or Ichabod. Now, kabod means the weight, giving the weight. In other words, the, uh, you know, it, it is to give the honor. When you honor something, you give its, to it its due weight. Give an example. We're all human beings, yes, but then we get a prime minister that is elected here. When he walks in, Everybody honors him as a prime minister. You give the weight to the office he bears. Yeah. You get that? Yes. So you honor him. The full first commandment, we honor God. We honor him. We give the full weight that is due to him. Now, this full weight we give is not a full weight that is given without proper justification. Mm. Okay? The weight is given with justification. Now, the justification is not children-centered. The justification is God-centered. Yes. Okay? Yeah. The justification comes from upward, upstream. It doesn't come from down. Some say, well, no, I'm not going to... Uh, the way to honor is to respect. Okay? Mm -hmm. To honor is to respect. This particular uh, to respect is to obey. Okay? So the way to God uh, goes are giving full weight, uh, giving due respect, and 
obeying. That's what it is. Too. When you read Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 2, Apostle Paul actually reiterated this commandment. New Testament says, hey, children, obey your parents. Mm-hmm. Because scripture says, honor your father and mother. And this is the commandment that is given with uh, a promise. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So what is the justification to honor parents? You know why I'm, I'm saying it this way? Because in our society today, somebody's like, well, I, but no, that, that's, not, that's not right. You know, how about I've got parents that are abusive, that are blah, blah, yeah, everything. I'm not diminishing that. It is awful and terrible that when parents do that. Or have done terrible things to their children. But you see, I am addressing the commandment as God gave, gave it, how it should be. Yes. I'm saying how things should be. And if we stick to how things should be, everybody will be all right. Because mm. often we get sinned against and then we sin in return. Yeah. Yeah. You do not sin in return to deal with a sinful man. How do I explain this? Think about it. Somebody comes in. Just you're, you're, you're driving down the road, you're doing the right thing, and somebody just come and ram you from the back and, and, and just simply messes up your car. Well, what do you do? Yeah, You get out, you basically clinch your fist and start punching him in the face until they... No, 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 no. You don't break the law because somebody break the law in a way that affected you. You get what I'm saying? Yes. So what we've done is we've seen in return... After somebody sinned against us. Somebody think, I can't honor my parents because they sinned against me. Where they sinned against God. And then you were the person who were tremendously, you know, hurt and affected by their sin, right? Yes. Now, your response is not to sin in return. No. Mm. That's why I am taking that commandment to be exactly where we're supposed to put it. So, what is it there for? It is to honor. The justification is... That you honor your parents because they are literally, they are literally the source of your existence. Yes. I, I mean literally. Yes. They are the channel yeah. through which God introduced you in the world. Yes, God used them as a vessel to bring you into. I am being, saying yeah. that in all his wisdom, in creating societies, Human beings needed to come from somewhere. The first human came from him. That's why he's the ultimate father of the entire human race. Yeah. He's actually recognized that way. Jesus said, when you pray, say, our father. Mm. He is the father. God is the father of all human race because they all came from him. From him, all humans proceeded. Acts chapter 17. Mm. So he's establishing here that you would not have been into this world was it not because of your parent. Yeah. There would have not been you to be nice to. <laughs> no. I'm serious. Yes. This is going to go extremely counter-cultural, counter-Christian culture, counter-Christian subculture, because I've seen people struggle with the idea. You need to know that your genetic material, everything you are, the blood that is filled, you're circulating within your system. Your very existence was due to your parent. Yeah. You are not a necessary existing being. Mm. Your existence is contingent. It's not even contingent upon God alone. It is contingent upon the decisions of your parent. Mm. Let me say it this way. If the day you were conceived, that day your mother was not 
in good mood or she was not available or your father wasn't up to it. You would not be born. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. About, they say about 130 million sperms are released from the men pretty much every day. All that go just dead. Mm. You, you know, you, you're not, I'm saying, you see the picture that I'm trying to say. Mm. And, you know, every month, you know, every woman lets one egg go, right? And so that month there, that particular egg could not have been the ultimate egg that was going to produce you. No. If it was another month, it would not be a been you. I am serious. Yeah. The first justification is your parents are literally what God is to the rest of the human race. If God did not create the human race, there would be no human to point a finger at him. Yeah. If your parents didn't give birth to you, there would be no you to have an opinion about it. Mm. This is extremely important. Mm. Am I saying that they're going to be the nicest. This is why the Bible doesn't say love them. The Bible says honor them. That's it. Mm. It has nothing to do with whether they were nice or not. And I'll, I'll, as we go, I'll put the frame into what does honoring look like. Okay. So first justification, your parents stand in a vertical relationship to you. Mm. Please hear me out. Don't turn off because you're hurt. You will be healed at the end as I go through this particular commandment. But remember, I am just ex establishing a biological, scientific, and divine fact. Yes. That you are literally a result of the action of your parents. You proceed from them. They stand in a divine, vertical relation to you. When a man and woman get together... On the, according to Christian theology, on the day of conception, so that this all the argument is, mis, is, is dealt with, on the day of conception, the human carnal uh, you know, uh, physical cells come together, but also so does the soul, so does the spirit. Mm. All come together at the day of conception. There's no other point at which the spirit enters or another point at which the soul comes in. Or at another point at which there is life comes, other people say, when does life start? Life starts at conception at that point when the two, the egg and the sperm mix, life starts. There's no period of non-life before that. Yeah. And that point, your spirit, your soul, and your body are brought, being brought into existence by your parent. Mm. All right. Well, this is a, a very, very good discussion. We'll come back to it after Nathan Sheridan with something worth singing about.
Something worth singing about. You're listening to 105.1 Life FM, Bendigo's Positive Choice, and we are on commandment number five, Samuel. That's right. Getting into some interesting territory. Very interesting territory we're getting in. So I was, I was therefore establishing that the understanding of Kavad, giving the full weight uh, to the parent, to mm-hmm. honour, uh, is based on really good justification. Yeah. All right? Now, when you go and look at that word in Greek, the word honor in Greek, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, which is goes, honor thy father and mother. You know, that's uh, uh, from a King James uh, point of view. But the word is honor day is the word timau. Timau is to prize in a way that has a fixed valuation. Okay. All right? Mm, yep. <laughs> fixed valuation. So this is what the Septuagint term uses as they were translating the Hebrew Bible into Greek. Mm-hmm. Now the Septuagint is the, the Bible, the Old Testament that was translated into Greek by 72 elders from Alexandria. It was translated for the Jewish communities that had spread across the Roman Empire and so on and so forth. And most people spoke outside the Jewish setting most uh, Jews from the diaspora spoke Greek. Mm. Even Jesus himself spoke Koine Greek. The New Testament is written in Koine Greek. So, Apostle Paul uses the word timau to prize something mm. that has a fixed valuation. The value is fixed. It doesn't change with whim. It doesn't change with the wind. It doesn't change with... No, it's like the... It's like a, a piece of gold, a piece of diamond. It has a fixed valuation. It has a value in its weight. Yeah. All right? And this is as far as I can sort of come. Sometimes, you know, on the market, gold, diamond going up and down. But I'm trying to say it's not like a piece of rock. Diamond is diamond. It stays diamond. It has, it has a value. That's right. Mm. So in that sense, the honor you give to your parents is... The, they have a fixed value of standing in the divine position in regard to me. Without them, I would not be born. Mm-hmm. So think about it. You may have people have confused being treated nicely with being a parent. Yeah. No. Anybody can treat you nice. But not everybody actually gave yourselves, your DNA, it's, you know, the... The sense of who you are didn't come from the person who adopted you or the person who was nice to you or for the first case, say where you went. That's, that's not the point. So the point is your genetic writing comes from some couple and that is them. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because people that are adopted or people that don't know who their pa- real parents are, they have this 
longing to know. That's right. There's this real spiritual connection yep. that they want to know where they came from that's and right. they want to know who their real parents that are, is, their biological parents are. That's right. Mm. That's right. And so, and 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 that that's the thing because they are your originators. Mm. So, even if they have not been nice to you, even if they have not done A, B, C, D, what you, you see, since they stand in the divine position in your regard, God will treat them very, very, very harshly if they don't act toward you the way they should have acted in the representation of him because they are a representation of him. Yeah. I just want to make sure I alleviate that so you don't go, well, what has happened often is because we are a me-centered culture, we want them to think that we should be the one punishing them or trying to teach them what they have learned. No, God will treat or judge parents. Because why? Children are a gift from God. Yeah. It is God who enabled them, who gave them the potential to multiply. It is God who gives children and parents a steward mm. on the behalf of God. So, on their side, you rest assured, so long they don't fulfill their duty in that regard well, then God will deal with them. It is not the job of the children to dish out punishment to their parents for not having been, having been parents. Mm. When you detach from your parents, when you dishonor them, your life, it will not go well with you. Mm. It won't. No, because you've got a seed of bitterness that just continues to That's rot exactly you right. from the inside out. It will not go well with you. Mm. That's number one. Number two, your parents are the source of every learning you have had in life. They are the first source. It is your family that is the first environment within which you learn human relations. Mm. You don't know any other human. You, when you're in the womb, you start to interact. You hear the voice. This is scientifically dem yeah. demonstrated. Pardon me. You hear the voice of your mom. You hear the voice of your dad. You recognize those voices. Mm. The first place where you learn human relations is in the family. To your parents, yeah. you, father and mother. Mm -hmm. And so that family unit is the building block of every society. Children belong to their parents. They don't belong to the school. There'd be no school if there were no parents having kids. Yeah. There'll be no community. I heard somebody says, oh, but children must belong to the community. What community? The first community is the family unit. Yes. There will be no community. Community is made of family unit. Mm. Well, let me, let me tell you right now. For example, in Germany, most young people are not actually, they don't want to have kids. Japan is in the same situation. So the population replacement in, in Germany is like 1.4. Well, within the next 50 years, that there will be no, at least you know, when you look at the Germanic sort of you know, tribes, mm. those Germanic tribes within the next 50 to 100 years, to be wiped off. It's a trend that is irreversible. Mm. So you won't talk about community if there were no parents who were having kids. Mm. So the idea of trying to make the building block of society anything else than the family 
is a tremendous mistake. Yes. What we ought to have done is families, God made family to be the building block of a society. It is sociologically true. It is commonsensically true. Mm. You see, very often, human beings get into their own head and they think, oh, well, they've achieved, you know, okay, well, now we've come across the process where we can, through IVF, you know, do, but I can guarantee you, you would not be able to maintain a population and the multiplication of seven point something billion people with that little tiny process of IVF we do. Mm. Compare number of children that are born with our artificial, uh, you know, uh, uh, insemination or artificial, uh, you know, intervention. Compare that to people who are born by the natural, regular creation process that God set in place. Mm. If you stop that entire natural process and then did just IVF, how many human beings would we have in how long? Mm. It won't happen. You don't substitute because now we can at least do IVF. You think, oh, oh we're clever now. You know, biological parents oh, don't matter anymore. Number three. Children don't belong to a state. There will be no state if there were no family that makes community. That like we're starting to see today, it is actually the lack of maintenance of a, the first unit, the building block of the horizontal relation that connects with vertical relation will destroy any society. Yes. Many anthropologists and many uh, sociologues who have studied human societies and studied like 40 human societies, empires, strong empires, they've come across one point that is salient, which is that once one society no longer value the family unit, in a society where children no longer belong to their parents and no longer honor their parents, in other words, recognize that this is where I came from. Therefore, I will give due honor to them because I am, I come from them. Then this society is always collapse. Mm. We are at such point. Our society is going to collapse very soon, I can guarantee you. If it doesn't collapse, if it doesn't collapse, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say this gently, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm -hmm. The Western society has gone nuts when it comes to family values. Mm. So, what will happen is either the Western society, I mean the white Western society. Mm -hmm. Over time, the people who are still multiplying and maintain the family unit have got a, actually a working definition of the family unit as it was, as it is within the natural order. Yeah. Our societies of immigrants. Mm. But the sort of Western European expansion of societies, white societies, I mean, to be blunt, mm. have lost. These are the societies that went around with scripture preaching everywhere. They have lost the idea of what actually a family is. We've just defined it in nearly across every nation in the Western world. Yeah. Trying to push it to be redefined, marriage is redefined. This particular text establishes all the necessary human relations you need to know. Mm. It is from father and mother that children proceed. Yeah. I mean, biological yeah. father and mother. Without them, they will not be children. Mm. 
Even when you use surrogates, you still need a father and mother to go and do that. Mm. It is within that particular setting that you get to find every other human relation defined. Okay? So, to make this case, I would... This, it's, it's actually the first place where we learn honor. We learn honor within that family unit. And to make that point, as, as, we, as we step back in, I would like everybody to go and open First Timothy chapter 6. That's where, we, that's where we're going to go next. Okay, so we'll, uh, we'll get them to open their Bibles and be ready after this next song, Nashville Tri- Tribute Band with He Is Coming. That was a good one, wasn't it? That's right. <laughs> Some good drumming and stuff like that. All right, I hope our listeners have been listening and they're, yes. uh, they've got their Bibles open at 1 Timothy. Yeah, but they did go to Timothy uh, 1 Timothy 6, Yep. but it's 1 Timothy 5. My oh. apologies for those on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 1 Timothy. As it's I all right, said, they it, just have to flick a page. It's before we left, they could have read it like, oh, what are you, what's, what's he on about? What's this one? Okay, mm. it's 1 Timothy. But if you're a Bible reader, 
you would have basically had a sense of where I was headed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you could have gone, no, no. I'm sure Samuel has, has, has made a, a little mistake there. It's five. And so now here I am, corrected it. Mm-hmm. Let's read. He goes, do not rebuke an older man harshly. Who is he talking to? He's talking to Timothy. Timothy is the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Yes. And he's a young man. He's a young man. And he's now occupying a position of authority in the church. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I will establish the five level of authority and honor and respect. Uh, but we'll do that for sort of the next next Sunday. I'm already... Well, this flows from... The commandment number five. Okay, well, so we're, we're setting a platform. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you know that we're going to be going there. Mm-hmm. But let me set this up so you can see. It goes on to say, do not rebuke an older man harshly. Also, the person who is old, it's not your father, it's not your parent. Don't rebuke them harshly, but exhort him as if he were your own father. Mm. If a child has not learned how to honor the parent, they will not know how to communicate with other older people in society, especially if that child stands in a position of authority like Timothy. Mm. Now, your authority could be your pastor or you are just the person who's your... Uh, your, 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 your boss? Your boss, your, whoever. Mm-hmm. You see... Honor and respect, the word honor means to respect, to care, to look after. Yeah. So to, uh, it's to obey, to respect, to care, and to look after. To look after and to care is like the same thing. But unless you open up, there are a few details that might be different there. Now, so it says this. So with all the people, you treat them like your parents. Mm-hmm. So if you were uh, rude to your parents, you were harsh to your parents, guess what? What is the reason why you would honor and respect someone else? Mm. This is what you see now. In fact, our society generally, children are not taught to honor their parents or respect their parents. First of all, children call their parents. I'm sorry, this is, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm going to be biblical. Children call their parents in our society today, by their first name. Parents and children seek to have a friendship relation. Well, no. Parents are not friends. Of Some parents are going to go, but I've been my fr- friend with my daughter. It's been the best way for me to communicate, you know, with her and know what's going on. No. If the relationship was in a relationship of you are like the divine authority, divine because the word authority has become a bit of a negative one. Mm. You, this is why we've, we're raising a, a faithless generation who think God is evil, mm. God is bad, because we have depicted being in authority as the negative thing, this bad thing. So we seek friendship. But who takes orders from their friend? Who, who takes instruction from their friend? Mm. With friends, we share opinions. Yes. With friends, yeah, well, I accept what they say only if I want to. Mm-hmm. But with parents, is because they've been here before me. I originate from them. They, are, they represent God. They're connected with God. Therefore, they will give me wise counsel. Yeah. They will correct me. They will say, do not do this. Or some, many of the mistakes, you could have been really saved if you, cause if you listen to your parents. I'm, I'm saying in, in the ideal sense. Yeah. If you find a parent who's broken, it's because their parents broke them too. Yeah. And this becomes self-perpetuating. Mm. 
Okay? And so the way to correct it is that those who are becoming parents need to shift back and line themselves up back with God so that their display, only parents are allowed to love their children. Only parents can love the children. Children can't love their parents. Mm. I was saying earlier on that we've defined love to be this, how good I feel about somebody, especially when they've talked to me. That is not the biblical love. Biblical love is not even often when you, you know, in, in Greek, many Christians will say to you there are about four terms. Yeah. Four terms. You've got, you know, eros, erotic love, or the feel-good love, like, you know, mm. feel-good love. You've got filio, you know, that's the, you know, um, the brotherly oh, love. love. And you've got storge, the parental love. Nobody really defines that uh, as much as it should be defined. And then we've got agapao or agape, which is God's love. That says, that's as far as everybody does in their sermons. Mm. Nobody doesn't really, really tell you what love is. Do you know in Hebrew there's only one word for love? It's aheva. That's it. Aheva. What it means is the self-sacrificial of uh, the the self-sacrificial giving of one to the to, to another for the greater good, mm. and the greatest of all good is God. Yeah. So this is why the Bible says, "Parents, lead or guide your children in the Lord." Mm. Why? Because it is the duty of the parents to point their kids to the Lord. Yeah. You see? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, they will do that self-sacrificially. There is no amount of sacrifice a child can do for their parents that will be able to equate, equalize, or even amount to the same sacrifice the parents did for the kid. Mm. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, I heard a story of a, of a young man who said to his mom, look, I, I don't care. You, you tell me whatever you, I've got money, I've got everything. Tell me whatever you did for me, I'll pay for it. And the mom said, okay, no problems. I'll give you the price. Just let me come and live at your house. And then after a while, I, I, I'll tell you the price, how much you have to pay me. So guess what happened? You know, uh, right in the middle of the night when the, the, the gentleman was sleeping to rest, and the mom started to cry and make a ruckus. Ah! And, and she did that for about four hours in the night. Oh, the man was like, are you crazy? Are you right? You lost your mind. The mom was just, just laughing. Smiling in the morning. Next day, she went and did number two on his bed. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know, and it, it took only a few things that the mother did for the child to have sense enough to go. Well, I can't pay you for this. The things that you did, how are you going to pay your mother for having carried you for nine months? Mm. The pain she went through to push you out. Mm. How do you pay for that? Mm. All right. And the sleepless nights, as you say, uh -huh. <laughs> and all of those other things. You try and pay. What's yeah. the price you're going to put? What yeah. sacrifice can you do to repay that? Mm. What your parents did for you. Like the things of life that he taught you. He held your hand when you were really tiny and scared. And you, you know, and, and all the things, the security the, that he provided for you and your mom. Mm. All those things. How do you repay for that? Mm. No, that's right. This is why love is the self-sacrificial giving. When people are single, you know why many young people don't want to have kids right now? Because kids are expensive, right? Yeah, they are. They want to have kids because of all the sacrifice they have to go through. I was with a young lady in, in Queensland who said to me, I'm not going to have kids. I'm like, why? Well, I've got my life. I want to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. When your parents had you, they, they, they basically gave away their life for yours. That's why you notice that we are into abortion right now. We are in the cult of self. 
This is why children are basically expendable right now. Being a parent is very, it's a huge sacrifice. So, so uh, uh, Apostle Paul goes on therefore to say, listen, so treat younger men as your brothers. All the, men, all the women as your mothers, young women as your sisters with absolute purity. Mm. You see, in, 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 in a, in a well-built society, that's the relationship we have. Fathers, mothers, brothers, and sisters. That's it. Yeah. And if those relations are well-built, my neighbor is my brother. Mm. You know, is my sister. Would I want to go and abuse them? No. Would I treat them harshly? No. Yeah, when you have brothers and sisters, especially if you have purity of relationship, you look after each other in a most pure way. Yes. So I'm saying that the family unit, this commandment, build society. It builds a family. It builds a society. Think deep, dig deep, and start thinking about how well do you understand this commandment as we're going to go for a few weeks, maybe a couple of weeks, dealing with this commandment. Here. Yeah, because there's a lot of depth there, isn't there? And there's a, there a lot to learn and a lot to rethink about. Yeah. So we... Uh we thank all our listeners for joining us again today. Um, if you want to uh, go and have a look at some of our previous um, chats about the, the the Ten Commandments, I think they're fairly well up to date yes. at the moment, mm. but um, they will be updated as, uh, as Ray gets to all of that. And that'll be on the website at life1051.org.au. And you just have a look at the the podcast tab and you will find us there thank you again samuel we're having a excellent discussion and uh and it's something that is really important particularly in this day and age when we've got so many families that are fatherless That's and right. motherless mm. all right well we'll uh, catch you all again next week <laughs>